Joe Biden says he's going to make his decision whether to run again pretty soon. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Download and subscribe to my daily podcast to hear me get right into the news of the day. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's a psychological problem. These guys can't, they can't count straight. They can't play tic-tac-toe. They can't accept victory. I mean, this is a moment where the Freedom Caucus could claim victory and conservatives could claim victory. You're going to have, given what, what McConnell's been doing in the Senate, McCarthy is the only hope for conservatism in Washington right now. And to undermine him, mm-hmm. I think, is to undermine conservatism, undermine mm. the Republican Party, and frankly, undermine the country. Ooh, boy, strong words there from Newt Gingrich on the big battle today, which is happening, like, legit right now. It's kicked off, and we're going to cover it because you guys get to start the new year with a Punado. Yay! It sounds like a potato, but it's not. So don't get all excited about the sour cream and bacon bits. Hi! How are you? Did you guys miss me? Because I missed you all. It's your hostess with the mostest. Your rested, still lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here with you. And we've got, if you get that email newsletter, I'm telling you, chapter and verse, I laid it all out what we're going to be hitting today. Although there's always like some last minute stuff that, you know, I can never anticipate and especially with everything that we got going on with the house race i'm sure we're going to have a lot of updates and stuff to let you know also we're going to tell you all of the new taxes we get to pay this year aren't you so excited you know as the way the left puts it kane you get to prove your loyalty to the country by how much money you're willing to give democrats for their pet projects yeah, this is, but that's how that's like the new measure. So we're going to discuss all of that. We also have a, a Grover Norquist who's going to be joining us for that because I, I think fewer people get angrier than he does about this stuff. So he's going to join us to discuss. Also on deck, Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne from Texas. Disclosure, she's my congresswoman. She's going to join us on the McCarthy bid. He's being told to stay on the floor, to not leave the floor at all whatsoever during this whole this 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 fight so we're going to give you all the latest with it so that's let's kick it off because that's what Newt Gingrich he that was his soundbite I think that was from over the weekend he had that from over the weekend and uh it's this it's being described as the make or break moment and here's how Democrats factor in Nancy Pelosi if Republicans fail And we're going to talk about the process here, but I just want to give you the latest. If Republicans fail to come up with the Speaker of the House, she gets to appoint someone in the interim process. Kane's face. What happened? Did you get some bad kombucha? How is that a thing where she gets to choose? Because she's the outgoing. She's the Speaker Emeritus. So she would get to choose. Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people are. So... That's how this could devolve into chaos. Now, there's two. I want to explore the two trains of thoughts with this. So here's what we're looking at. If you're wondering, because most people, honestly, do you care? I mean, unless you're a dork like me with no life except to play Halo, crochet, learn how to make poor old fashions that are smoked because you're still learning how to use your torch and, and living and breathing politics, unless you're that level of nerd. And it's, you know, 
then you probably don't care who sets the calendar because you're kind of trying to afford milk, right? You're a little busy trying to, you know, live and survive. Eggs, expensive. Milk, expensive. Food, expensive. Everything's expensive, right? I say it like that because that's when you know it's like super expensive. You don't even like go through the effort of really making that X hurt. It's just expensive. And so this is this is the issue here. People are worried. They're nay. They're they're mad. They're mad. They're mad about the state of their bank accounts. They're which rightfully so. Oh man, you guys are gonna get really mad when I tell you about this sidebar. Sidebar. You guys are gonna get so mad when I tell you about this quote unquote celebration that apparently Biden's having in Kentucky with his little speech on the economy. Oh, wait, that's coming. We're going to come back to that, but just under just sliding it over to you right now. Put it by your plate. So the two trains of thought with this, because, you know, people, they don't really get into the weeds with it. This is how this is the fight. The fight is this. Kevin McCarthy is a big, giant, slap happy rhino. He's a paler John Boehner who made Tang Orange popular before Trump. That's one train of thought. The other train of thought is, oh my gosh, does it matter? Like Kevin McCarthy is, he's going to be speaker. There's not another contender. And is he as bad as John Boehner? This is what we've got. And you're going to make it to where Nancy Pelosi has to appoint a stand-in. So these are the trains of thought that we got. Now, I understand both sides. Here's where I fall. If you're going to go and disrupt the speaker's race, by God, you better have a contender. You must have a contender. It must be a powerful contender. None of this what we're seeing now. Thus, going back to one of the first sentences I said to you as we started the show, the requisite punado. So that's this is this is where we're at. Now, Kevin McCarthy, I think he's short five votes. This is weird because I'm waiting for the media narrative. Trump endorsed McCarthy in the beginning of November. He endorsed him specifically for speaker. Marjorie Taylor Greene is on board with McCarthy. Now, some conservatives, not all, but you could say Trump's most of it. Most of them are Trump's base, except for maybe, you know, a few other few people. Oppose McCarthy. I'm surprised the media hasn't run with that narrative talking about coattails or something. Honestly, I am. So Kevin McCarthy, what do you need to know about him? I think it's a legitimate point to make. And a friend of mine made this point. He didn't do enough. To stand up against McConnell and the omnibus bill, which we're going to talk about. Because that was literally flown on a flight to, well, as opposed to a goose, I guess, on a plane to Joe Biden and St. Croix. Croix. Kane. Yeah, we're going with it. It's like, uh, I I didn't say Lee Croix, like the soda. I didn't say St. Croix. So, you know. Doing the French way. But he's being criticized for not doing enough to standing up against McConnell, standing up against 
Joe Biden and the omnibus. And I get it. I get it. I totally get it. He used to be, there was a book that, that he and Eric Cantor and Paul Ryan uh, authored back in the day. And this was like in the late aughts called Young Guns. They were called the Republicans Young Guns. And they were being groomed, primed at one point to take over for John Boehner. But what they didn't bank on at the time was the Tea Party. And the Tea Party ascended. We had muscle, took out uh, ultimately Eric Cantor and Paul Ryan and John Boehner, leaving Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy was the lesser known of the three. He's all that remains. You could argue he's a moderate on certain things. He's from California. He's a California Republican. He's in a safe district for California. However, one of the things that we've learned from the last election is that people want results. They don't want just talk. People don't care about your red meat platitudes. Voters want to see action. What action does McCarthy have? That's going to speak louder than anything. And so there's that concern, although I will say, you know, he's had, he's been on this program. He's spoken a good game about everything that voters are concerned about, where it concerns taxes, where it concerns, you know, uh, CRT, where it concerns the, the gender fight. He's been in all of that. But... But I'm curious. He apparently has made some pro, uh, some compromises. I don't know what why Marjorie Taylor Greene is so supportive. But apparently she is. So it's a very odd. I'm just, you have to forgive me. I'm a little mystified by how odd it all is. It's odd because, you know, you have, again, Trump endorsed. Marjorie Taylor Greene got married. Matt Gates has been really critical. And I made this point because it was said that, you know, Gates, Matt Gates told reporters, quote, there's very little difference between Pelosi and McCarthy. Again, well, Trump endorsed McCarthy for speaker back in November. So there's a difference. I think so much of this is performative. I got to be real with you. People in, I mean, nobody cares anywhere about this rearranging of the deck chairs. People are being taxed beyond their means by Biden's economic proposals. And runaway inflation. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to watch this at this on this day when they're going to be seated. That's it. That's it. That's it. I mean, that you you. I hope I said last night that I hope that while Republicans are fighting to control the House and and celebrating bad economic policy in Kentucky, more on that with Mitch McConnell, that they remember everyone else struggling to pay their heating bills and everything else that costs three times more. I I will have you know that the average American doesn't give a rat's ass who controls the calendar. They care how far their paycheck stretches. The Republican Party is going into Helms Deep, fighting over the size of their swords. And the media is happy to focus on this instead of any kind of solutions. I mean, if you're going to fight for the speakership, you better have a replacement. Fighting over who that's going to be, literally right as you're taking over the house, looks balls to the wall asinine. It's infuriating to watch this. 
I mean, the, this, the GOP had a great opportunity to burst into the chamber and get to work, but we have this drama, and it's performative. It's performative. I had, we had Andy Biggs on. Do we have this audio? We had Andy Biggs on the show. This was just a few weeks ago, right, right before we went on break. And I asked him because his name comes up the most. Like I said, you need a strong contender. I want you to listen to this. Well, I don't think Kevin does have the, the, the necessary votes. You need, nobody has 218 today. Yeah. And so that means that, that anybody can emerge. I'm still in there, I suppose. Um, nobody's. You suppose uh, you're still in there. Well, I am. I, I, I am. Dana, I'm still in there. It is going to take yeah. some work. Uh, he and, supposes and he's me. still in there. Does that sound like I like Andy Biggs? I've been on stage with him. I've, I've had discussions with him privately. I like Andy Biggs as a person. That's not a good showing. You basically have to be the human equivalent of a singular fist to go into this, right? So we're going to talk more about this as this unfolds. The drama is kicking off now. Also, George Santos. Oh, boy. Yes, he lied. We know. But it's not a crime in Congress. Otherwise, Joe Biden would be in jail. So we're going to talk about that. Damar Hamlin. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Bills versus Bengals yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Damar Hamlin. Apparently, it was a cardiac event. He just felt he got it was a hard tackle. There's a lot of discussion. A lot of doctors on the on Twitter talking about a million different things. We get the the family posted an update. We've got that for you. The latest with the Twitter documents, law and order, everything that you want to know to get you started for the first year fully back, first week fully back this year. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I'm shook. A New York man has sued Hershey after tests show that its dark chocolate bars contain toxic metals. He says that Hershey failed to make public its products contain heavy metals. So it's a class action suit in Nassau County. Uh, Christopher, who, Lazazaro, right? That's a lot of Z's is seeking damages of $5 million. He said he never would have purchased it. And all the bars in question are Lily's Extra Dark Chocolate, 70% cocoa, the Extreme Dark Chocolate, 85% cocoa. And apparently, this was two weeks after a probe that found chocolate bars from 28 brands contained levels of uh, metals, cadmium, cadmium, thank you, or lead. And that includes Hershey, (laughs) Giardelli, (laughs) Lint, (laughs) Dove, Godiva, oh my gosh, and Trader Joe's. I know. Uh, also, ooh, medical records. 42 million Americans had their medical records leaked in cyber attacks that's been going on since 2016, according to a new report that was published over the weekend. They said around half of the hacks caused dangerous care disruptions like ambulance delays, canceled operations, and more. We've really got to secure this a lot better. More than one in four think they, that someone they know died from COVID vaccines. The died suddenly thing? They said that there's a lot of unexplained fatalities and more than a quarter of people say that they know someone could be among the victims. Rasmussen said that 49% of American adults surveyed believe that these side effects, that these unexplained fatalities, that they're real. Los Angeles says, oh, there's a lot of new coronavirus cases. We're going back to masks. Yeah, they're actually really pushing this hard, really hard. Coming up, the latest GOP, Democrats, the latest Twitter docs and woke. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Bipartisan, I vote. Yield back the balance of my time and wish everyone a happy, healthy, and safe 
New Year. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Schwanza. Happy Hanukkah. Schwanza. The holiday for noses, I guess. Schwanza. They'd say you have a big schwanz. Actually, no, wait. I'm thinking of uh, the male capillary organ. Wasn't it the euphemism for that? The big male capillary organ holiday. I just remember hearing that as a kid. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. Schwanza. Good heaven. That was her last... Her final speech as House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, wishing everybody a happy, happy Christmas, holiday, Hanukkah, Schwanza, everything. Now, welcome back. Dana Lash here with you. Back from Christmas break, starting the new year. So this is what's going to happen. So they called quorum. They got, what is it, 483 present. And if everybody does a voice vote, 218 is the number you got to watch. And... That's the, for 434 members elect, they all recorded their attendance. And so 218 is the number to watch and uh, for, for speaker vote. So that's next. It's going to be weird. Now here's what happens because they always have, you know, whenever Congress starts anew, just to explain this process to you. Because you're busy. I mean, for the love, we just learned that Hershey's had metal in it. I mean, we're all, we're all shook over that. I'm, can, really, cyber. I have one of them. I got one of them. I got one of them bars that I melt and I make chocolate pies with in my cabinet. I got to go back and look at it. Okay, over. Let's get past me. So the way that this process works is that Prior to taking over Congress and everybody going in and taking their seats, the parties, they hold their respective private meetings and they discuss and figure out who's going to be leading what, who's going to have what position. You have to have a majority number of votes from your party to get the nomination in the private meeting for leadership. So even if you would have, you know, a colleague that would vote against a candidate in a private caucus like the GOP conference they they would stick together to back their typically to back the nominee on the house floor the only time that that's failed it was like before civil war that they actually weren't able to republicans weren't able to actually successfully elect somebody or i think either party and so now they just had the quorum they took you know it's attendance and I guess they are, they've gaveled in, so the vote's going to be, and they have to cho- they have to call out their choice for speaker. They say the last name of the candidate, and so this is different normally because when they're voting on legislation, it's electronic. This is you know that's like speaker vote. This is so this is what we're going to be watching. They got to get to two eighteen. I got to got to get to two eighteen. Now, two eighteen is the magic number. That's the majority of lawmakers who have to vote to elect speaker. If a, if a candidate cannot get the votes on the first or second try, that really is a kick in the gut to the expectation of what the party can do. And really, whether or not that candidate is going to be able to achieve the agenda of the party because of this. Now, I mean... Uh, 218, they get to 218. There, although there were, I mean, lawmakers can can decide to skip it. They can vote president. That that gets into the weeds, but you have to have 218. That's the that's the that's the number. So what happens if he didn't get 218? In 1932, it took 
two months to elect a speaker. Three occasions, all prior to the Civil War, a speaker was not elected on the first ballot. In one instance, according to House history, it took over 133 ballots, a period of two months to do it. They can, as USA Today notes, as a last resort, they talk about uh, the resolution that lawmakers can adopt. So there's a resolution they can adopt and they can either choose by plurality or rank choice voting instead of having a simple majority. Democrats are going to back Hakeem Jeffries. And so if he doesn't get it, it could go back and forth, back and forth. And this is, we can't do, because here's the problem with that. They can't get any other business done until they have a speaker. Nothing else gets done. That takes priority over everything. So remember how historically I was telling you that there was the one time where it took two months? Okay, so for that two-month period, they didn't do nothing else except that. Take a look at your bank account. And how far your dollar stretches at the grocery store and you tell me if two months is okay for you to wait. See what I'm saying? So we're going to bring you any updates about that. Keeping keeping an eye on it. All right. So some of the latest stuff that we have too. This George Santos guy. Did you hear about this? I kind of follow this. I honestly, can I be real? I didn't think the dude was going to get elected. (laughs) I didn't think it was going to happen. So uh, this is, this is crazy. It's, it's representative-elect George Santos. And this guy is being called into question because of his background. Well, not his background. It's rather the falsification of his background. He's the representative-elect from New York's 3rd Congressional District. And he's apparently, well... He lied about a bunch of stuff. Like, what did it? He lied about a lot of things, didn't he? He lied about, I mean, pretty much as the entirety of his background. I think his ethnicity. He described himself as Jewish, and he said that his grandparents had escaped Nazi persecution in Europe. And then he blamed his mother's 2016 death on the 9 11 terror attacks without evidence. I mean, the guy sounds like. A fruitcake. But he's an elected fruitcake. And lying is not a crime in Congress. Because if it were, if lying were a crime in Congress, ladies and gentlemen, how would that wouldn't go well for a lot, lot of folks in Congress, would it? I mean, just ask Joe Biden. So here's my thought on George Santos. Regardless of whether or not you think he should be seated, because he apparently showed up there like he showed up in a blue sweater today. Regardless of whether or not you want him seated, the only people with that responsibility and the only people with that duty are his voters. Now, I personally outright refuse to cede to any political party any duty, which is the voter's duty. And by the way, this is why I agree with the founders, as outlined in their remarks in the Federalist Papers, in opposing the progressive notion of term limits. Because I refuse to cede to a political party or government the voters' duty. So he, sh- he does seem like a, he seems like a nut. But he's an elected nut. Only the voters can do it. It's not the co- There's no congressional authority for them to do anything. None. 
at all whatsoever. And I think they're too worried about setting a standard. Hakeem Jeffries, the guy who said that 2016 was a false election, is so worried about the lies of George Santos. Fascinating. So were you guys watching the game last night? Damar Hamlin. Oh, my gosh. I saw this video. I wasn't watching the game. I was actually getting ready for the show. And then I saw this video go out of this guy who collapsed on the field. He got hit, gets up, falls to the ground. Just boom, like a bag of potatoes. And so the video was so rough. They had uh, ambulance like four minutes after. They were giving him CPR, according to all the media present. And that was according to uh, the announcers too. Gave him CPR. He was in the ambulance. They gave him oxygen. They intubated him. He got oxygen in the ambulance. They said that he, when he got to the hospital, that he had a pulse, but he wasn't breathing on his own. And there's a lot, I saw what's trending is this, I don't even know how, uh, Camoscio Cortis. There are a lot of people who want to sit here and and give... uh, medical analyses via Twitter. And a lot of people were saying that it was, it's ventricular, so commotio cordis is ventricular filibration caused by blunt trauma to the heart and has to be like a strong hit to the chest, apparently in between heartbeats. It's like a freak thing. Now, I know what you're thinking. I can hear you thinking it that loudly. I, they said it was a cardiac event, that it occurs mostly Commotio Cordy, apparently, and I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly, because I we all are just like now years old, yesterday years old and hearing it. Uh, but, I mean, usually it's young kids, like 15 years old, uh, according to uh, medical experts. And it's usually caused by projectile. It can be caused by blow of an elbow or other body part as well. They said that because they're less developed, the thorax of an adolescent is likely more prone to injury than a mature adult. Now, it is a rare and, and, and requires specific conditions. And including, they, some it might be including pre-existing. I've never even heard that phrase before. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff in football. But, and I've seen, like Chris, I know that, so I only know this because the Blues. Chris Pronger back in 88, remember, he had the same thing happen to him. He got a slap shot to the chest in 1998. And there's a video of Chris Pronger, because I remember, I was watching that. I remember he got hit, a slap shot to the chest, and it took him to down. He felt, he collapsed on the ice. And it took, Pronger was back out two weeks after. So it can happen. And the reason I'm saying this is because everybody's as talking about, you know, vaccines and adverse effects and everything else. While I absolutely believe that in some of these cases, I, I do question this mainstreaming of heart issues, particularly after a lot of young men received uh, the injections. But I also, for perspective just realized that there are some very weird and rare things that have happened. And the only reason that I kind of buy into that is because, again, Pronger with the Blues. I was in college when that happened. Man, and he got, boom, right in his chest. 
And it was weird because he was okay and he kind of skated for a bit and then he just dropped. And they had to take him out on a stretcher and everything. So, you know, I I don't know. Now, you shared this. Is this a legit tweet that you... Yeah. It's a, a screenshot of a tweet that has now been deleted. But apparently the doctor that was responsible for administering a booster on uh, DeMar Hamlin... Um, on the 26th, the day after Christmas. And here we are. It was the day after, you know, New Year's. A couple days after New Year's Day. Um, that's what we're looking at. Mm. So it's just, we're looking at a fact pattern. We're looking at other patterns that happen, that are happening, I should say, more recently. Over the last year, we've been seeing, not only on the soccer field, a lot of problems, the basketball court, a lot of problems, now we're seeing it on the football field, and you know he's not the only one to be, you know. So it it stands to reason that we would have questions. The fact that people mm-hmm. are like, "You're asking questions about the vax is just you're a you know hateful person or you're an idiot." Well, I don't think what, it's bad either way. But you know, the, I mean, I think it's just you know it's legitimate. Like for, to your point, Kane, and and you can respond to this because so I've been looking at all of these um, cardiologists that are on. Twitter and they were I've noted I you'll know I feel like a lot of the more serious doctors are like well I'm not going to rush to anything but I do want to lay this out and one of the things that they all have said independently of another is that there's apparent a lot of them are saying that there's that, that they question whether or not there exists any kind of pre-existing that like for one one says it's not associated with any kind of pre-existing condition and I I don't know it's just, but it's all affects young people. I mean, this guy's 24. He's young, but he's not like 15. So I, and, and I guess the question that I have in my mind is, is it this, this commotio cordis? Is this event similar to you know, maybe any kind of adverse reaction to an, eject, an injection. And could a specialist note the difference relatively quickly? I'm just wondering about that. Now, one last quick thing. Apparently, they said that there's outposts near UC Medical Center where Hamlin's currently in critical condition. Apparently, they said it's it to, due to issues that may arise following his possible passing. He's alive, but he's intubated and critical. So they said that they have federal agents posted up, and Lorraine found this, in a routine manner in a distant radius from the medical center. They said there's no imminent threat to the hospital. They just said that that's just like, like I guess, SOP, standard operating procedure for something like this. Is it? I mean, I don't know. You've seen people celebrate, celebrate after a win. I'm just wondering with something like this. So we're prayers up for him, though. Because he did a lot of charitable work too, and he seemed like a he seemed like a good guy. We have uh, more in store as we get moving here. We're going to be uh, going into our second hour. We got a lot more on the way. Stick with us. More of the Dana Show coming up. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong. It's basically basic. Oh, my gosh. Welcome back to the program. That's our illustrious vice president. I know. 
Oh, golly. Welcome back. You might know we're, we're, we've, we're doing some things in the studio, and we're, we're expanding everything from the newsletter to a bunch of other stuff. And if you see me kind of staring wildly at the camera for the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show, it's because I'm using my uplight. So it doesn't, the picture doesn't appear, the screen isn't so dark, apparently. Normally, when I do my Fox hits, I have this, that's basically when they put a light under your face so that your face doesn't look dark and you don't have dark eyes and it's, they like everything really lit. And it's a little wild. I'm getting used to dealing with it. So you'll, you'll see me kind of, I'm getting used to dealing with it for radio because it is conveniently right by my four foot screen. So there we have it. This is so hats off to uh, my husband who set that up, set all that up. All right. So I hope everybody had a good Christmas, uh, Christmas break and a good New Year's. I uh, was taking some heat because I said that I am Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump on New Year's because I hate it. It's just like literally nothing changes. It's just another day. And I'm, you know, I apparently people were not happy. There were a lot of you who completely agreed with that, but a lot of people who didn't. And can I just ask this question? This is why I'm bringing all this up. Black Eyed Peas. Now, I know where it came from, and it was every it's attributed to Sherman's March through the South. And afterwards, everybody only had black eyed peas to eat. And you're supposed to eat it for I don't know when you're supposed to eat it for luck came into effect. So my great my grandmother God rest her soul. You know her as the one who says everybody dies in threes. She was the one who was like, if you don't eat your black eyed peas, the world will end. I mean, she didn't say it like that, but it was pretty much like that. So if I don't eat my black eyed peas, I kind of freak out. If we have a bad year, I want none of y'all looking at this house because we ate our black eyed peas. Granted, I had to put a ton of bacon in it, but we ate our black eyed peas. Did you? Did you contribute to the good luck of the nation for 23? Second hour on the way. A lot of the media really doesn't cover some of the most important stories of the day. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Lately, we're talking about President Biden and his upcoming decision on whether he will run in 2024. A big problem? Large majorities of the American people don't want him to do it. Democrats are nervous. It's a big, big story. Again, I don't talk about every single issue, just the ones you most need to know. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. No, I won't be voting for Kevin McCarthy tomorrow. He's part of the problem. He's not part of the solution. I'll be following the will of my constituents, the voters of Virginia's 5th District, who hundreds of which have told me over the past couple of years not to support Kevin McCarthy. What I told them uh, when I started my first term two years ago is I would judge so this, him by what he did as McCarthy. We have a ton of different sound bites of uh, lawmakers talking about what they're going to do with McCarthy, who, by the way, just lost for this first round of voting. He did not hit the required 218, first time in a a century that this has happened. He did not hit the required 218. They are going to go for a second round. And, man. Now, some GOP threw votes to Andy Biggs. Lauren Boebert voted for Jim Jordan. And, uh... I'm telling you, you had, uh, let's see, Bishop voted for Biggs, uh, Breachin voted for Banks, Cloud voted for Jordan, Clyde for Biggs, and Crane for Biggs. So that is going to be very interesting 
first time in forever. Now this, they can't get anything else done until they get to this point. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash with you here back from Christmas break. It's good to be with you. And we're giving you a lay of the land for the speaker position, which I just think that I think so much of this is performative. I say this as somebody that has a reputation of destabilizing the apple cart for the establishment for over 15 years. And this, to see, I just, one of my biggest pet peeves is to be unprepared. And I think that if you're going to disrupt the speaker's race, you need to be prepared. If you're going to disrupt it, you need to be ready. You need to have a substitute. I'm tired of people telling me, well, we're tired of the status quo. Okay, well, here's the thing that we did when we were in the tea party. We had substitutes. We had solutions. We had proposals. And we kicked ass and we won. We replaced people and we took names because we were prepared. It wasn't just performative. We didn't go into anything without having a backup. And these people are going in this. Look, I like Andy Biggs. I was playing some audio here of him. I don't, I like him. I've, I've, I think he's a great guy. But I also don't believe that, I don't think that he is the choice. For, I, I, he's great, but I don't think he's uh, charismatic enough to be speaker. Because you got to do a lot and you got to move a lot. Now, I like somebody like a Thomas Massey. I even like Jim Jordan. I've had Jim Jordan on the show a million times, and I've asked him, are you going to go for a speaker? Are you going to run for speaker? And every single time, no, 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 this is Audio Soundbite 21. We asked him about this. Listen. Kevin has done a better job of any leader I've ever seen around this town in keeping our team together. I think, uh, as I've said many times, the guy who gets you to the Super Bowl gets to coach the game. And that, th- th- that's just what I believe. He's worked hard for us to get there. And I'm hopeful that he's going to be the speaker. Hmm. Did they get you to the Super Bowl? Like, what do you, when you get to the Super Bowl, I, I got to say, I mean, where was... I, I like this, the rhetoric that he has. But every major budget bill that he had that passed while he was leader of the last GOP-controlled House, it got passed with more Democrats than Republicans in terms of support. I mean, that's, this is a problem. There, there's legitimate, there are legitimate objections. In spite of that, when you go after the speaker, you best not miss. You better have a substitute. And again, I like Andy Biggs. I would tell the congressman this to his face. He's been on the show. We've talked. I, well, audio, here, th- this is what I'm talking about. Audio sound by 20. Listen to this. I just think you need to sound a little bit more more certain. Go on. Well, I don't think Kevin does have the the, the necessary votes. He need, nobody has 218 today. Yeah. And so that means that that anybody can emerge. I'm still in there, I suppose. Um, nobody's. You suppose uh, you're still in there. You need to know. You need I, to I, know. You can't just be like, well, I suppose. I need more from you than that. This is what I'm talking about here. You can't. You can't just think that you're going to wing it it's not that's not how this works so that's i i my that is my criticism of all of this because 
I, I just don't think that they're that I don't think that the opposition has um, I don't think that they have a good um, if not. Well, who if not him? I mean, if you want to talk about a legitimately bad GOP speaker, hi, we all remember the John Boehner years, right? He was the bane of conservatives existence back when we were in the streets, when we were making real change. That was during the Tea Party 2.0. And I will say this, McCarthy is no Boehner. But if there is not a legitimate substitute, then this is just performative bitching. And it comes at a time when voters have clearly rejected such theatrics at the ballot box. The Republican Party should be busting into the chamber saying, hey, all the 87,000 new IRS agents, you're fired. Hi, here's your pink slip today. They should be getting stuff done, and instead, we're doing this. And we're going to keep doing this until they pick, they get a speaker, because nothing else gets done. Nothing else gets done. The, with the speaker, you have to be able to push around some of the left in addition to your own party. That's why I don't, I don't think Biggs can do that. I don't think he has that weight to throw around. Great guy. Don't think he's got that weight to throw around. I like Thomas Massey a lot. I don't think Thomas Massey has that weight to throw on. Jim Jordan, maybe. That's what you got to, you, you have to, there's so much that goes into this. It's about, it's like pl- you're playing chess, not checkers here. And I just think that this is a dumb first move for the Republican Party. If they can't get it together for their takeover today, I mean, how do you interpret this going into 2024? How are people going to have confidence on them getting anything done? I mean, this is a hot mess. People are like, well, we're tired of the status quo. If you're so, you apparently weren't damn tired of it enough to have a replacement. I mean, when I'm tired of something, I have a replacement for it. When I'm tired of something and I want to switch it out, I'm ready to go. I don't sit here and, you know, jack around up until eve of taking over the house and go back and forth, back and forth. And then here it is the day of. And how many rounds of voting are we going to be doing? We're doing this and the media is eating it up. They're eating it up. They're focusing on this instead of any of the solutions that Republicans may have. Meanwhile, let me bring this in. Golly. Meanwhile, you got Washington Examiner with this piece. Now, let me put this in perspective. I still, and then I'm going to go off. Let me put it in perspective first. So, you, when you're, when the President of the United States visits your state, it is customary to meet with them you usually have like a sit down etc and so that's what's happening in kentucky here coming up senate senate minority leader mitch mcconnell is joining biden for a rare joint event in the state on wednesday now this comes after mcconnell joined democrats in voting for the omnibus so you got sherrod brown andy Bashir, uh who's governor Mike DeWine, governor, Democrat and Republican, respectively, that are all going to be there. And Biden's going to deliver remarks on how his economic plan is rebuilding our infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. That's according from a, to a brief from the White House. Now, I think there's a difference in celebrating and then him, Biden, going to Kentucky to talk about how great this is. Now, I don't, I understand that senior elected officials are expected to play host and expected to play nice when POTUS visits their state. 
But can we stop pretending that this bill was a measure of some kind of bipartisanship? Every article I've seen states it. Or that it is in any way the omnibus was indicative of a healthy economy. There is nothing to celebrate here. I'm tired of Democrats in the media using these turd sandwiches as a measure of bipartisanship that is never applied equally the other way with conservative legislation. They're like, oh, it's a bipartisan thing. People in Kentucky are just as broke as people in any other state. Everybody's being taxed to death. To celebrate or otherwise seem joyful about this, that's a hideous optic. And any Republican that celebrates this without any kind of criticism, or that has no criticism, should be deeply ashamed. Here's the problem. You don't need the left's machinations or the factions on the right all fighting, trying to reclaim some kind of power adjacency to spoil the cause when you got Republicans doing stupid stuff like this. I mean, clearly we did not throw enough tea in the harbor back in 09. I mean, it's just goofy. It's all goofy. People are struggling to pay their bills. You got this and then you got the fight over the speakership. There's no rebuilding anything. Oh my gosh, and then the omnibus. I wish they would have flown that damn thing on Southwest. Coming up, we're going to be talking with uh, Grover Norquist about all the new taxes we're going to be paying that all go into effect this year. Yay, I'm so excited. Yeah, they uh, flew the $1.7 trillion budget to St. Croix for Biden to sign. $1.7 trillion. They flew it on Spirit Airlines? No, so, uh, yeah, Spirit Airlines. Spirit. I think it was. So Biden was vacation. I can imagine this object. Biden, ba- Biden, Biden vacations in the Caribbean. They fly a bill down for him to sign that's $1.7 trillion. Bill is for the environment. No, it's not. It's for health or something else that is for that. I think it has a lot of green energy stuff in there. So what, is, what was kind it of though? sense does it make to create a huge carbon footprint with a flight just to take papers to the guy to sign mm. unbelievable mm. Mm. so i i i think that this there's a reason why the senate is in the minority i gotta say it's because of stuff like this it's stuff like this i mean i and and, and this is what really ultimately is mitch mcconnell's this is his black eye 18 Senate Republicans voted to pass this damn thing. 18. 18. You have all kinds of money to other countries for their borders. Nothing. Nothing for us. Nothing for us. So, this uh, 1.7, they flew it down. Flew it. Somebody, Somebody had it on a plane. Somebody took it. They flew it on a plane down to Biden. And he signed it. He put it up on Instagram. He said, it's the bipartisan omnibus bill. You had 18 Republicans. Shush up. You had 2,800 flights canceled over Christmas. 3,200 delayed. But I'll be damned. They got that bill there. I wish it was flown on Southwest. That's what I tweeted. I said, man, I wish this was flown on Southwest. He was staying at a big donor's uh, uh, in the Virgin Islands. He was, st- he was staying on a, a big donor's villa. There in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So they were able to get, they had private beach access. Mm-hmm. 
I know, right? Mm, that's so bougie. We have a lot more on the way. Like I said, we're going to be talking uh, to Grover Norquist coming up about uh, what you can expect, all the new taxes that you get to pay. I know, we're all so excited. We got that. We're also going to be talking with Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne about all of the latest. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So the billionaire founder of Home Depot had a quote about socialism, which he says destroys capitalism. He slammed Biden, quote, woke people and Harvard grads <laughs> for putting obstacles in the way of entrepreneurial success. He said, quote, nobody works and nobody gives a damn. <laughs> wow. And uh, uh, he said Biden was the worst president in history. So there you go. Bernie Marcus, 93. He's very much not a socialist, Bernie. I'll say that much. So good good on him. I like you just saying it like it is. Listen to this. You're going to be infuriated. New York University's emergency room gave special treatment to donors and VIPs, including Chuck Schumer, while treating less fortunate patients in hallways or demanding that they be, quote unquote, dumped to public hospitals, according to a report. At least 30 doctors claimed that the wealthy and VIPs were to be favored. And they favor the likes of Chuck Schumer and the progressive Home Depot co-founder, Ken Langon. Isn't that interesting? That was the guy who founded it with that Bernie Marcus. Uh, NYU denied the charges, but an independent counsel has also made the allegations. Meanwhile, the less fortunate patients, they were dumped to nearby public hospitals. So all of this is coming to light. Uh, pretty unbelievable. I mean, not really, though. Uh, people are burning Crocs. I think that they should be burned anyway, unless you're in like in the medical profession, because I understand that. I have a friend who's a nurse. She wears them in the ER. But they said that uh, Crocs now is sparking outrage because they co-sponsored the RuPaul Drag Con event, which is advertised as open to anyone under the age of 18. So it is an event for under 18s. And it's in UK. It's in London. Uh, actually, from the 6th to the 8th of this month. And so because Crocs is a sponsor, people are burning their ugly, nasty footwear. I know. And we got a whole bunch of stuff coming up you don't want to miss. We may be talking with Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne. We may be floating that. We'll see. She's on the floor right now. Lots of stuff happening. Stick with us. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. So welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. We do have an update for you. They are not at the point where there's a speaker yet. And like I said, they have to stay and keep doing this the whole time. The They're only in M's, apparently. And Chip Roy apparently just nominated Byron Donalds. And the, <laughs> the reaction that Donalds had to this, according to uh, a source in the House, said that he had looked like he'd been shot. <laughs> he was not expecting to get nominated. <laughs> And Chip Roy nominated him. Man, man, man. So that's how that's how this it's a Tuesday, but it's also a Monday in a way. So that's how this is all going. And I'm going to bring you any of the any updates that we get. And we're going to have we're kind of floating this Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne join us soon. She's literally on the floor of the House right now, so they can't call or, you know, do have their phone. So she's going to be joining us by phone when she can. But. Yeah, BVDs on the Congresswoman BVD is on the floor. And so she's we're we're just sort of uh, kind of we're watching how this all 
we're watching how this all plays out. And I'm telling you, it is very, to see what people weigh in, because I've had people try to figure out where I am on the McCarthy thing. Do you want me to be really honest with you? Unless, unless the folks in the house who are objecting to McCarthy, unless they have a legit substitute, I don't care. I say this as someone who actively worked to help eject a lot of McCarthy's old colleagues. So, I mean, I don't got, I, I don't have any uh, indulgences I got to pay. And here's why. I think, again, it comes down to if you're, if people really believe that they don't want another Paul Ryan, then you need to have a substitute. I mean, it's not like we didn't know this was coming, Right. I mean, when you sit here and you talk about taking over the house, that kind of comes, you know, being prepared to have a house speaker that that goes along with the territory. You know what I'm saying? So I just I I I like Byron Donalds. I like Chip Roy. I like a chip. Honestly, I would like Jim Jordan or Chip Roy. Those would be my two picks. If you if I had to replace Kevin McCarthy, it would be one of those two. The problem is that this the issue with being prepared, like I said, it's not like we we didn't know this was coming. And I'm just kind of shocked that no one would, they're not ready for this. It's just it's kind of amazing. Now, in the meantime, we're going we're gonna to continue watching this. I got a whole bunch of other stuff for you. This related, there's a Republican lawmaker. He called for what they call Never Kevin's. That sounds sidebar. That's a very interesting. That's a high school punk band name. Never Kevin's. It's like people who hate Kevin at school. New list. It's a high school punk band name. Never Kevin's. There. So Mike Rogers from Alabama. He. They had a meeting at their conference, and they. Uh, and Chip Roy argued with him. He goes, "All you're doing is guarantee the vote." Because. This uh, Mike Rogers said, well, never Kevin Republicans should be banned from committees. That's stupid. Don't be doing stupid stuff like this. Stop it. Y'all girls, get your get your emotions in check here. Ladies, come on. We don't need to be getting all upset over this. Come on. We're not going to be having. And can we stop saying never things? Never Kevin's. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I just think it's a funny name. I love everyone's. Their their insistence on nicknaming all this stuff. Okay, so some of the other things that we have for you. Uh, Gosh, we got a lot. I wanted to hit this. I'm starting to see these pieces. There's one from Vanity Fair. It's called A Comprehensive Guide to Why a Ron DeSantis Presidency Would Be as Terrifying as a Trump One. Oh, here they come. Oh, here they come. They're going to get ready to shred DeSantis. They're going to come after DeSantis. Why? Because he's successful. He just had his uh, inaugural ceremony. I don't know if you, they, I know it's been said, but they legit look like, like they came out of like first casting. They've, they've, this family has not put a foot wrong. I, I I've, I had the, I had the opportunity to meet uh, and speak with uh, Florida's governor and first lady. Very nice. Very Florida focused. And they went, he had his inaugural event, his swearing in and all of that. They have their ball, uh, which everybody does. 
His speech was good. I was looking at the transcript. They went over the hits. They played the hits. Everything that Florida has done by limiting the floundering federal establishment, as he said. And he talked about the, quote, bizarre prevalent ideology permeating policy measures. He talked about the harm of education by subordinating the interests of students to partisan interest groups. I mean, he, they went over the hits and went and really went through this, hit the, uh, how they, because they created, remember, the commission that's going to hold the CDC accountable there in Florida. I mean, this was, he said that uh, freedom lives here. It's true. That's good. There's a lot of people moving. I, another, another friend of mine just uh, recently moved to Florida. Everybody's moving to Florida. Everybody's moving to Florida. A lot of people are moving to, I think that everybody I know is moving to either Boca Raton, uh, Miami, Pebble Beach, and uh, some are going to Jupiter. I Can I be real with you? I don't know all the differences between all the areas because it all looks nice, so I don't know. I had someone who like I who shared. They said, "Oh, they were they went to one of their favorite restaurants. They were like, oh, I was in a bit not not at the best part of Florida.'" And they had, they shared a picture on their Instagram, and I'm like, "It looks amazing. That's not the nice part. Are you kidding me?" Like, I think I'm sorry. You're bougie, Florida. You're being bougie with your bad parts. I'm just saying, just saying. No, they're gearing up to shred DeSantis, and then they're going to start liking Trump unless they think that Trump is going to make a comeback then they'll hate him again what are they going to do can they hate both of them at the same time they're going to want to play one off the other if it gets to that point they're not going to know what to do remember how they all started liking bush when w got out of office and then they hated romney and then they like romney now they do this all the same time this is that's the way they do they do it all the time i've seen this over and over in missouri missouri's going to execute the first transgender woman today i don't know why this is they're they're Capital punishment, which I support. But man, the way that they've been putting this, they're saying, Mike, Governor Mike Parson, unless he grants Amber McLaughlin clemency, Amber McLaughlin's going to be the first openly transgender woman executed for killing a former girlfriend in 2003. So transgender woman, so he's a dude, right? Who cosplays as a woman, right? I'm just wondering in all of the discussion about this guy, um, did they, they said there's no change in plans according to the latest. And the governor said he's not going to halt the execution of this guy. And, and here's, and by the way, um, yeah, he stalked and terrorized this woman. And then he laid he laid in wait before attacking her and violently raping her and then stabbing her to death. So, yeah, he's a monster who should die. I totally support capital punishment. So that's everyone's like, oh, it's going to be the first openly transgender inmate who's who's going to be killed. And people were criticizing Governor Mike Parson for this. But it's like, look at the crimes that this guy committed. It was a violent, horrific crime. Now, we're going to continue following because it's kind of a weird news day and we're juggling some things. We're going to be talking about all the new taxes you're going to be paying here coming up. But really quickly, uh, we got her for a moment. 
Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne from the Republic of Texas, who just stepped off the floor momentarily. I think the first time in a century that the speaker bid failed in the first round. Congresswoman, thanks so much for joining us and being flexible with your time. What is the latest here? I heard Byron Donalds was was nominated, but apparently he didn't expect it. No, no, no. I saw his face when uh, when Chip Roy nominated him, and it was definitely not expected. You've had uh, five people, uh, five different folks that uh, uh, Republicans who voted against Kevin McCarthy nominated. It would be good if everybody was on the same page. I mean, right now we're looking at uh, uh, they just finished up the first round of votes. Uh, no member has enough to win, so we're going to have to go through a second round um, of votes. So maybe a long day, it may not be. But uh, it's it's frustrating. You know, I think after the midterms, so many of us were excited that we were going to um, win a large majority. When you have a large majority, the people that are in charge are are normal on wanting to get things policy focused Republicans in office. When you've got a narrow majority, you've got the extremes that are in charge. And that could be not you know, that couldn't be more obvious than we're seeing right now. But I think it's pretty clear from the American people's votes in the midterms that Democrats were not doing the job. They were not leading. They were not leading us in the right direction. People voted against it. But I think it also proved that because it wasn't such a large majority that we won by, that the American people are somewhat doubtful that Republicans can lead. And it's frustrating that we just want to get the majority back and we're not leading right now. Because this could go on, talking with Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne, because this could go on, I mean, for quite some time. I mean, I, we were talking about historically, there was there was a two-month period when uh, they uh, no one was able to determine who was going to be speaker, and that went on for, for quite a while, and no other business can get done, correct? I mean, this has no, to get done no. before anything else. You can't you can't get any of the um, new members uh, or the old members sworn in until a, a leader has been, until a speaker has been elected. So until a speaker has been elected, business basically stops on the floor. Wow. And you were, how did, how did you vote on on McCarthy? Where do you stand on, on all of this? I mean, I, I always think that if you're going to challenge the speaker, you need to have a good substitute. And it seems like the people that I would like are not interested in doing it. So where does that leave us? Well, and that's a good point. I mean, what was the plan B? And, you know, I have talked to members of the Freedom Caucus um, in great detail about, okay, what's your plan B? And unfortunately, I mean, as you've seen, we've had four or five different people nominated. Their plan B was all over the board. Um, And it is frustrating. You know, you look at Kevin McCarthy, who's been very clear that he wanted to make sure that we got the majority. He has raised money. He has fought. He has traveled across the country to be able to bring um, that, that to reality. Um, I voted for McCarthy because I worked quite honestly, there was no plan B. I saw how much work he put in the last four years to get the majority back. But more importantly than that, you've got 220 plus members of right now of the Republican conference from different perspectives, from different um, districts. And you got one guy who has to represent them all, the speaker. Mm. But I don't look at necessarily the speaker as the one doing the work. Who is he putting in place and responsibility, power, and influence? And I see him putting people like James Comer in. I see him putting people like Jim Jordan in. Those very conservative, very headstrong and articulate members who are going to be able to get the job done. Not to interrupt, but Jim Jordan, he would be head of House Judiciary Committee. And that's Jim Jordan's who you would want to head that. That's a powerful position. Yes. 
and Comer on oversight because we've got to get down to so many different um, questions that have been not been asked over the last two to four years. Yeah. And I think those two members um, in particular are very strong and would be the ones to put in those positions. And we've yeah. seen um, McCarthy be willing to to work with Freedom Caucus members, bend over backwards. I think the frustrating part of the last couple of weeks was it wasn't as if the negotiations were going on between two factions. It was they were going on between 20 individuals. Um, oh, that's, and that's that problematic. was really frustrating for the rest of the Congress. Yeah. Last two quick questions for you. If there had been, you know, somebody like a Jordan or... Uh, even a Chip Roy who were in the position to challenge McCarthy and they actually wanted to do the job. Those would be my choices. Uh, They don't want to do it. But if they did, would you have supported something like that? And then number two, are we in a period, are we like really facing the threat of having like a interim Democrat kind of lead all of this? I mean, I, that's, that's the big fear that everyone has. Newt Gingrich has been warning everybody about this. So I did not see Jordan did not want it. I did not see Chip make a play for it at all. But what I do know is I said, you've got 220 different voices that all expect to be heard and somebody that has to represent them. And I think having someone who is is on the extremes is going to be very difficult to bring the conference together. Um, And when I say extremes, I don't mean just the Freedom Caucus. I mean, you also have your moderate Republicans, you know, your left to moderate Republicans who are, are equally as forceful. I think you need to have somebody who is a balance. Now, what was your, what was your last question? The are we in are we in the territory of maybe uh, perhaps a having Democrat being a Democrat? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Oh, I don't like happening. your laugh. No, oh no! 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 I don't. I do not see that happening. But you and I okay. both live in Texas. You know how hard it is with the the Texas state legislature making Jeez. deals to get a Republican speaker nominated when they start giving over gavels. To Democrats, I do not want to see that. And I'll tell you, that would make me vote against anybody who would be willing to do that. We've already seen it. It doesn't work. Yeah, there you go. Right. That's a great point, too, because we deal with that all the time in Austin. Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne, we appreciate you joining us. And uh, we're going to keep watching, see how this all plays out. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. (laughs) We have more to come, folks, as we wrap up in this second hour. We got Florida, man. We are we are overserved with Florida man. So don't worry, we got a lot for you. Stay with us. More in store next. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Oh this is you know, Florida Man makes us all feel normal. God love you, Florida Man. Florida Man was cited after his after dog was died to look like Pikachu spotted courtside at an NBA game. Florida man was cited by Miami Dade Animal Services after photos of his dog with its fur dyed to look, and it's D-Y-E-D, W-F-L-A, not D-I-E-D, D-Y-E-D. What the hell? I can't even get past this sentence now. (sighs) Its fur was dyed to look like the Pokemon character Pikachu. It was a Pomeranian. It was a Miami Heat game. The dog was already on their radar. They said, oh, we noticed its uh, fur during the world-famous puppies Inspection at the world-famous puppy store. Pikachu was in the store. So they, you can't do that. You can't sell. I didn't know you can't sell and um, any artificially colored animal within the county. Did you know that? In Miami-Dade County, you cannot sell an animal with colored fur. Dyed fur. I, I didn't know it was a law. What co- who had to make that law? What, did, what need arose that there needed to be that law? Good heavens. 
A uh, Central Florida man was arrested after choking out his Uber driver and stealing his car. Golly, Central Florida man. Woo! Uh, So what happened was uh, Brevard County, this guy, he Derek Strang, short for Strangled, 33, uh, driver picked up Derek Strang, and then Strang sat in the backseat of the Jeep on the passenger side. As they approached a Chili's, the man slid over, started choking out the victim, and the driver, unable to breathe, pulled in the parking lot. He was able to get free and called 911, and that's when Strang stole his car. So they did find, they did get him. They took him into custody. He's got a lot of charges. That's just kind of why. Why, you know. And a Florida man was accused of driving drunk four times over the legal limit in his confession to Florida officers on camera. Quote, I'm blanked up. (laughs) You think? We got third hour coming up, folks. Stay with us. More in store. First Dana show back in the new year. Uh, a travel ban uh, isn't going to, and the negative test results are just going to, they're delaying tactics. They're trying to get us information. They're not going to help. Individually, for your viewers, Andrea, the best thing they can do at the moment, and I know a lot of them are resistant, is masks. N95, really high quality masks. Um, you can't control what's out there in the airports or what's on a train um, or what's going to be in a shopping mall. But you can protect yourself with these very high quality masks. High quality H2O. Good grief. So this, uh, no, no one, mm-mm. we ain't doing this. This is uh, Zeke Emanuel saying that the vaccines don't work against the new variants but and travel bans, but the masks, though. No, we don't need any masks. We don't We don't need any of that. We're not going to have any of that. We're not doing the face panties again. I was reading, actually, I was pulling this up right here. Uh, the number of, uh, it was actually kind of crazy, the number of um, uh, areas, particularly in L.A., where they are trying to in re- trying to bring back the mask mandates again which is nuts like in like a number a, a huge part in uh uh LA in LA county they're really they're really trying to bring back the whole mask thing Re- they really want to make it happen it's nuts and bring it back with kids in schools kids don't need it in school we've had this discussion a million times over the it doesn't work it's a face panty etc cetera, etc cetera. But they've really been pushing the, what is it, the flu shot and then ever, and now this. But I don't, that was Zeke Emanuel though on that. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm just not, I don't, I don't buy it. Do you buy it? I'm not, I'm not going to wear another damn face. I'm not wearing a damn thing on my face. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. And I doubt anybody's kids will want to do it either. Tell kids that they got to wear this on their face again. This is so, it's silly. This, uh, I'm pulling this up here. They have this in California. It's the AV 2098, the Physician Misinformation Bill. It goes into effect as law in California. So physicians can no longer communicate nuanced risk about mRNA vaccines to patients without potentially having their licenses revoked. What? Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. And a, a doctor in California is actually sounding the alarm actually doctors i should say doctors they they will so a lot of doctors are going one other california doctor chimed in uh he's a, a board certified ophthalmologist phd research scientist 
Uh, and he had said that a lot of physicians are saying that, quote, I'm at risk of losing my license if I express my honest opinion to you. Therefore, I will not express my opinion. You kiss, you can't penalize it, uh, you know, penalize them if they're not actually telling, you know, giving you information. This is crazy. Yeah, it's not a political science, but not science science. Yeah, not not science science. That's not science at all. But for them to say masks, good heavens, not going to. No, they don't work. Uh, you know, the only thing that works well are really uh, high quality uh, masks. He's the guy who I mean, as you know, Zeke Emanuel advised Biden on coronavirus policy. China and China, everyone's wearing a mask. Didn't they just have like a record 800 million infections in China that in just one month? And that's with all their vaccinations and mask wearing. Amazing, isn't it? It's no. He had said he tweeted right before New Year's. He goes, I get it. We're exhausted and and we want COVID to be over. But it's not that simple. China's likely to see 800 million infections. We can they all wear masks. They've all been vaccinated. Why are they having what? I mean, explain to us, Zeke, why is. Why are they having such so many problems still? Why? Good grief. Now, we don't, um, the masks aren't, aren't going to work. And, there, I, and I don't, I just can't imagine the Biden administration, I mean, at least federally, but I do think state by state, obviously, Democrats will push that. Uh, I want to hit a couple of other things as well. And we're watching the speaker's vote's going to move to a second round. I'll bring you updates. That's what we need to know. That's the latest that we need to know. Uh, and we don't want to run the risk of having uh, Democrats in, in interim control. And I thought, uh, and I'm going to tweet this soundbite out, that Texas Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne, who is very much a conservative, you might remember her. She first hit the news when she was mayor of Irving, Texas. Clock Boy, y'all remember Clock Boy? So she was the one who backed the police on that, and she took a hellstorm of fire. Because they went after her. She backed police in handling the clock boy situation. That's the kid who took the guts of a clock out and shoved him in a pencil case and acted like he invented a new clock and everyone thought it looked like a bomb because it did look like a bomb. Remember? And then the school got in trouble. They said that looks like an explosive device and the police were called because someone at the school reported it. And so the police were called and she backed the police and the family wanted to sue and there were lawsuits flying around and all kinds of stuff. And she ultimately prevailed. She held her ground. Anyway, she's now in Congress. And um, I, you know, I, I, I like a Chip Roy or Jim Jordan. Those would be my two, two choices to challenge McCarthy. Jim Jordan don't want to do it. Chip Roy doesn't want to do it. So you have Kevin McCarthy. And you have to be able to have, I understand what she was saying. Reg- I get, look, I get it that people want purity tests. I do. T- I would love it in a perfect world if I didn't have a single person who disagreed with me. Wouldn't we all? Mm-hmm. McCarthy's not perfect. And I have a record longer than most of the people talking about it right now of uh, going after him and Eric Cantor and Paul Ryan, the young guns. I mean, Newt Gingrich and I used to go at each other's throats for crying out loud. And then we became friends. Because he realized, you know what, grassroots does know the way. And I'm, I'm open-minded enough to realize that. And that was good on him. Maybe Mac- McCarthy's talking a good game and he's putting some very conservative people in charge of some very important committees. Jim Jordan is really the only person that I would want over House Judiciary, if I'm being real. Um, 
it's not. And she made a very good point. In Texas, everyone's like, Texas, oh, you're very Republican. You have a supermajority. Texas always has a Republican supermajority in Austin in the, in the legislature. Here's the problem, though. Um, they like to trade influence by putting Democrats in these very important roles and positions. And I don't want to see Kevin McCarthy have to get to that point to, to do House Speaker. I don't, and I hope he wouldn't. But I do think that that's a big, that's a, a, a huge difference. We, the, he's putting conservative people in conservative spots. So if that helps your perspective at all. Otherwise, I just don't care. I just think that if you're going you're gonna to object, you need to be ready. And if you really don't want another Paul Ryan, then why the hell don't you have a substitute? I say this as someone who met Paul Ryan and criticized him to his face. Why don't you have a substitute? I like to have a strategy when I, when I dust up, so... I just think you need to, because otherwise it's a fool's errand. Now, a few other things. I got to share this. Did you all see this uh, thing, Miami Police? Have you seen some of the cars in and around Miami Police or Miami? They have. I want to make sure that I don't blast this over the airwaves. I didn't realize this, but apparently, so some of the cars, they have professional law enforcement and they're painted rainbow colors and it has LGBTQ plus heart pride. And they're their police cars. They're apparently legitimate police cars. Like actual, like the p- police drive them. And my question was, is it for, are, is this particular car, the officer that drives it, is it? For the division of like crimes against gays or for crimes that gays commit, I'm very confused. Yeah. Or is it as as a listener said, is it for crimes that back in the '80s people would call gay? I. Why are your police colors? Why are your police cars in Miami? You're. We're going to paint our cars in the colors that denote how we have sex. Because that's very important when it comes to law enforcement. Is that, that's really the thinking here, right? That's how I see it. Who, who, what does that have to do with law and order? It's very important that we pull it. We have to paint our cars. If you have sex a certain way, you get a flag. And you have some colors that represent how you have sex. It's very important. You see how ridiculous this is? To me, that's who cares. Why do you have to? Why do you have to make such a big deal out of it? That's like me saying, "Well, I hate raisins in my cookies. Where's my flag? Where are my colors? Where's my police car for that?" Hmm. Pro raisin bigots. You pro raisin bigots. Yeah. Where's my police car for this? Or I hate disco. Where's my flag? No. I don't. If I saw this car behind me flashing lights, I'm not sure I would pull over. Oh, I wouldn't think it's real, and I'd run away. Yeah, that's what it I looks think like that's a damn Barney do, car for my own safety. It looks like Reno nine one one plus Barney. I would be what's what's his face? What's his face officer? What, what's his name from Reno nine one one? It was actually a funny show. The guy with the short shorts, the booty shorts, hopping out of the car. I mean, for real, like this is like some Reno nine one one stuff. LGBTQ. So is the cop gay? Like I don't understand. Like what? Do gay cops get those cars? Do they get special cars? I don't know. I'm, we're all curious about this. I've even had, like, there were, there are gay listeners who are like, we don't get this. Someone from Miami was like, yeah, that is actually a legit thing. What? I don't. 
I'm so confused. I'm so I don't where, so where's the heterosexual car? I mean, someone said that with the amount of decal work they did on that car, they could have actually bought another car. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> I mean, they're they're like, yeah, the wrapping was like 3K easy. Really? Over 3K, they said. Holy wow. So they're, where are the hetero cars? All the rest of them? Hmm? All the rest of them? No, 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 it's not good enough anymore. No. I also want a 3K plus wrap job. So where's my... Where's my fancy wrap job? Can we just get some boobs on the side of a car or something like that? I don't know. Like, I mean, just asking. Like, if a, it, depending on the sex of the driver, so it's a, if it's a dude cop, like a hetero car, just wrap it with, I don't know. I'm just coming up with things here. I just don't know why we have to make a big deal about how people do it. You know this, right? This is, is anyone else just mystified by this? We have a special acknowledgement for how people do it on our cop cars. That's that to me. I hear this and I'm like, that's not open minded. That's stupid. How many cars have this wrap job too? That's the other thing I'd like to know. Because if that's just the cost per car, how much are they spending per car to wrap it up with the alphabet stuff? Taxpayers are paying for this. You're broke, but you got a rainbow police car. Does it make getting that ticket nicer? I mean, I see this chasing a criminal and I'm laughing my ass off. I just got to be real. I'm just, I think that you should be required to wear booty shorts if you drive this car. If you're the officer who drives the car, it should be a requirement. If you're not hopping out of there, clicking your heels like Reno 911, then I, Kane, you need to read your Slack comment out loud. Uh, Which one? Uh, Which one? The deputy dog one. Oh, no. I I didn't know it when there was a new, like a, a gay nine unit. There you go. It's gay nine unit. unit. You're pretend gay. You're just cosplaying as gay. I don't even know how you would do that, but I can't make fun of this car enough. I just, man, what in the world? In Miami, they're doing this. Why? I didn't realize wrap jobs were that expensive, too, until I went down the wormhole of how expensive wrap jobs were. Good heavens. So uh, maybe all the conservatives that are moving to Florida and like the Miami-Dade because it went Republican for the first time, like spend your money more wisely. I mean, you could do a sticker, couldn't you? If you had to do something, if you had to signal something about how people do it, couldn't you just put a sticker on instead of wrapping an entire cop car in a, you know, thousands of dollars job? Maybe just just FYI. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Guns save lives. A good Samaritan saved a woman in a Memphis parking lot after two men tried to abduct her while she was entering her car. The attempted abduction took place just this past Friday. It was around 8 p.m. It was an upscale shopping center at the shops of Saddle Creek in Memphis. The woman, who remains unidentified, sustained minor injuries in the ambush. Police are still searching for the three suspects who were last seen driving a silver four-door car, but it was a good Samaritan who was on and who drew down and saved her because guns save lives. So kudos to that individual. Oh boy, everyone saw the video now from TMZ. Dana White and his wife had a drunk slap fight at a Mexic- at a bar in Mexico on New Year's Eve. He and his wife, Ann White, they've been married for 26 years. They were celebrating 
uh, Saturday Night with Friends. They were in a VIP area, and she slapped him. He slapped back. Two friends jumped in and pulled him apart, and it was kind of... And apparently they both were intoxicated. He came out with a statement said he said he was embarrassed. He said he just hates that his kids have to see, has to see this stuff online. He's like he says he and his wife are good. He said they've been married for a long time. I mean, it's a bad video. There's it's bad. Also, don't hit people. Whether you're a chick or a dude, don't hit people. I mean, come on. Uh, also. Uh, Justin Trudeau has banned foreign investors from buying property in Canada after Chinese and Indian immigrants snapped up so much that it pushed up the average cost of a home to $800,000. In Alabama, their new law, concealed constitutional carry, kicks into effect this year. Grover Norquist on taxes next. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. To the program. Welcome back. Dana Lash sitting here with you. First show back of the new year. You can listen across the country, hundreds of different markets. And of course, you can watch the simulcast of the radio program on YouTube. Uh, you can watch it on our Facebook page as well. You can watch it on the first. So we were told, you all remember, that, well, this was by the Biden administration. We, people who made $400,000 or less per year you are not going to pay any new taxes. No new taxes for you. And he really, really marketed his economic plan as being one very, very conscious of middle and lower class paychecks and savings. But then now he decided to go spend happy. And as of this month, actually just a few days ago, the following Democrat tax hikes are going to take effect. We were looking at ATR.org. One of the biggest is the $6.5 billion natural gas tax. So your energy bills are going to go up. That's just one of the things you're going to be paying more of. Aren't, aren't you so excited? You get to pay your quote-unquote fair share. Joining us now, Grover Norquist, who is president of Americans for Tax Reform. And you can find him at Grover Norquist on Twitter. My friend, Happy New Year to you. I hope you had a good one. And uh, welcome. Good to talk with you. This is just one of the things that we're going to be spending a lot more money on as these Biden tax hikes take effect beginning this month. If you are damaged by inflation, which is higher than the average wages in the country over the last year, if you are damaged by the regulatory burden, which makes everything more expensive, by the war on energy, which makes your energy more expensive, they haven't started yet. Just now are the taxes. Before then, we were living under Trump's tax cut which is why we're still standing, because we took the corporate rate from 35, worst in the world, higher than communist China, which was 25. We took it down to 21. So we're no longer- Higher than communist stand. China, he just said. Yes. That was our policy for decades, 35%, and they were at 25 or 15 for their competitive stuff. So one of the reasons we had trouble competing with China and other countries is the corporate rate was so high. We got down to 21. That's good. Our friend, Mr. Biden- is undoing that. So on top of all the things we just talked about that have gone wrong, that have tanked the uh, stock markets and taken about $8 billion or more, trillion, 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 out of your 401ks and your IRAs for 60% of Americans, uh, that's that's a real hit. Not just the Rockefellers that have shares of stock anymore. It's anyone with a 401k or an IRA or a pension, a defined contribution pension, most Americans. So. They're raising taxes on energy, on coal, on natural gas, and on crude oil, which Mm. goes into uh, your gasoline. Uh, Then they've got new taxes on uh, your stocks, uh, which is on 
when a company buys back some stock, I mean, it invests in itself. They make mm -hmm. it sound like buying back is some weird. When, it, when General Motors says, the best thing we could do is buy more General Motors stock, that's how good we think we are, okay? That's the company you want to invest in. They take a 1% tax, which is designed to become a 2%, 3%, 4% tax. Nobody has a 1% tax on anything except as a starter kit for future taxes. That makes the value of your shares of stock less, the $220 billion in higher corporate taxes. Now, Biden likes to make it sound as if corporations pay the corporate tax, right? The only way corporations like General Motors have any money is when they sell you a car. Then they have money. So they raise prices or what they generally do is reduce wages because that's such a large chunk of the cost of any business. Wages are the largest piece of that, it, 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 more bigger than uh, factories and, and equipment, stuff like that, wages. That's what goes down. So when they say that they're cutting, raising taxes on corporations, economists say that about 70% of a corporate income tax comes and hits individuals as a wage loss or lost jobs, 70%. So that's 140 billion job hit. And now they're gonna have, they're gonna hire more bureaucrats to go do more audits, 1.2 million new audits, half of which will hit people who make less than 75,000. I went to public school, but 75,000 is less than 400,000. Yeah. And half of them are going to go less than 75,000. This is a war on middle income and lower income Americans pretending they're punching business. And, and that's a good way to put it, pretending that they're punching businesses. We're talking to Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform that you can find at ATR.org. Uh, we're talking about the corporate uh, tax act that's going to be passed on to households. I mean, all in all, what's the total that we're looking at here? Like, how much are we going to get hit in just new taxes? And and we still have, you know, a year and a half of this administration. Yes. Well, and the, we were going to start this January with those two, with those new 1099K yeah. uh, pieces of paper. And the Democrats refused to pass a law to, to repeal what they did. They passed a law two years ago. So the IRS has had two years to get ready for this. Now they say they're not ready, so they're delaying it. But a delay could be three weeks. It could oh be six God. months. And this, a delay is not legal. I mean, in fact, it's probably not legal to do the delay, but it's certainly not legally binding. That is the law of the land that if you sell something for 600 bucks, you know, an yeah. old motorbike that's not very used very much. It used to be 20000 now it's $600. So any sort of amount of money that goes through PayPal, Venmo, uh, eBay, any of that, that's taxable income. Even if you paid a lot for a motorbike and then sold it years later for less, you lost money, unless you have the receipt, unless you have the receipt for all your kids' stuff that you sold on eBay or to the neighbors, you don't have the receipts for all of those children's clothes and tricycles yeah. that you might have forgotten to keep. Th that little note you got from eBay saying you made $600, that's taxable income. Americans are going to be paying taxes on money that's not income at all when they when they lost money on a, on a sale because they're just recouping some of the cost of it. That hangs over us like a Damocles sword. Anytime the Democrats want, that can kick back in. They may be waiting till after the next election. Oh, boy, that's so that's so canny of them to do that. The uh, last question for you, talking with Grover Norquist, Americans for Tax Reform, because this list of I mean, that's quite a bit. The list of taxes that I'm that I'm looking at, everything that's hitting. Um, 
I, I mean, this coupled with inflation, I don't see, I mean, I, I just don't know how the economy is, how middle class is able to be as sustain themselves dealing with the invisible tax of inflation. And then the additional, I mean, essential tax of energy, the corporate tax being passed on, et cetera, et cetera. So do you have faith in the Republican, we, I say this ironically because they can't even settle on a speaker. Uh, I, I mean, that's the power of the purse. What relief can we expect from Republicans with this very thin majority in the House, provided they get past this initial hurdle? Sure. We had this problem with Obama. The first couple of years with Obama, the Republican House guys couldn't get together and put together 218, yeah. even though there were more of them. And, and we got taken and the government closed down and the press always blames Republicans. So that's a, a tough strategy for the Republicans to participate. Then they caught their sea legs and they said, you want two and a half, tr- $2 trillion more, Mr. Obama, for your debt ceiling? You got to give us two and a half trillion in lower spending over the next decade. We drew that line in the sand and 90 plus percent of all the Republicans in the House and the Senate signed the pledge never to raise taxes, Americans for tax reform shares that with all candidates, governors, state legislators, but particularly House and Senate. Since they'd all made that commitment, they held it. And we took $2 trillion out of what they were planning to spend. Did Obama spend too much? Absolutely. Did we have control? No, we didn't. He was still the president. Democrats had the Senate. But we were able to take a lot of the wind out of his sails, a lot of the money they were going to be spending and putting into the baseline. We took it out because we did a line in the sand, said we're not raising taxes. We can do that again, but it's going to take them more than a couple of weeks to get their sea legs and agree that 218 people will vote for something less horrific yeah. than Biden wants, okay? Yeah. Which is awfully hard to vote for, but if you don't, you end up with much worse. There you go. Gosh, I don't want to end up with much worse. Grover Norquist, no, we appreciate bad. you compiling all of these, all of this very depressing stuff for us to read as we go into the new year. But hopefully we can write this ship and we'll we'll continue to monitor it. Thank you so much, my friend. Look forward to Good talking to with you again Dana. soon. Take care. Bye. We have uh, more to come as well. But yeah, that's uh, what he when he was talking about reselling things and to just to, to have to pay, even though you're it's at a loss, you're just recouping. Like, say you sell a lawnmower, like a nice riding mower or something like that. That's all asinine. So apparently Kevin McCarthy just lost the second round watching the house. This is, this is, uh, it's just a mess. I don't know. We're all kind of shaking our heads here. Marjorie Taylor Greene's reportedly furious with Republicans over. Can I just lay this out? So. Trump endorsed McCarthy November 8th, 2022, approximately. And most of the, with the exception of a few, most of the people that oppose McCarthy, a good number of them are Trump folks, not all of them. But that's a, it's, a, it's a relatively kind of smaller number within the House. Marjorie Taylor Greene supports McCarthy. I, wasn't that always the measure of what, I don't know, it's all... I don't I don't know and I'm I they can't even gather votes to get speaker to get a speaker elected this is just 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 asinine asinine and everyone's watching this remember what um you know we're sitting here just you know talking about taxes with Grover Norquist 87,000 IRS agents that that they said that the Republicans have said yeah we're going to fire 87,008 we're going to fire these people we're waiting for them to how do you not have a backup plan 
How do you go into this not having a backup plan? We all have backup plans. We have backups for our backups. You know, you're, wait, the American people, these were the realization of the hopes and dreams of a lot of people who wanted to, to stop the taxation, the spending, etc., who wanted to stop the masking and the forced injections and everything else. They fought very, very hard to gain control of the power of the person in the house. And now they're watching all of their efforts devolve into this. How do you not have a backup plan? But I do think it does show you how divided even the even the right is. I mean, it is. I I, I don't know. I think that there's it's just all performative. And I'm trying to keep a civil tongue in my head. But I, I may not be. Um, you know, I really it's like I really think that the people who are pushing to not have McCarthy, it seems that I don't know. Are they establishment? Some people are saying they're establishment. Some people are saying they're conservative. I'm so tired of people trying to claim the mantle of bouncer for whatever the conservative movement is. Look at people's past work and what they're doing. That's what you got to that's that's what you got to do. You got to look at people's what they've what they've done and what they say they're going to do what they've done. Oh man. Second round. And I haven't I'm uh actually trying to find some of the votes on this. But uh I will I'll be updating it for you as well on Substack chapter and verse. So if you have not Make sure that you go sign up for that. By the way, we're also going to be doing some uh, giveaways for subscriptions for a year for folks. And uh, we got a lot of stuff happening with that. All right, we uh, we got to get rolling. We have Today in Stupidity on the way as well. And I'm going to find some of these votes here real quick on break too and uh, see where... Did we get past the C's this time for second round? We didn't even get past the C's for the first round. Before we knew that he didn't have the vote. So I'm going to look at all this up for you and we're going to rejoin. I'll have all that for you here uh, in just a moment. Back in a second. Stay with us. Listen to the Dana show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. Hmm. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you this Tuesday. First show back. For the new year. And I'm just watching some of this. So people are voting for Jim Jordan who voted for Kevin McCarthy for speaker. This is so unbel- unbelievably stupid. I think M- McCarthy compromised on a, a bunch of stuff with the Freedom Caucus. I think a lot of people are being overly dramatic about this. Um, I, it's so goofy to me. There's so much drama in so much of this stuff. I, you know, I think so. It's there's just so much and I'm starting to lose my I've, I, my first day back and I'm already losing patience. Marjorie Taylor Greene's apparently going after Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and others over the speaker over the speaker. Here, let's can we put we got, we got time. We actually have time. I'm going to drop this in. you guys cue this up. Uh, she's she's fighting with them over this. And listen to this. We have this. Yeah, that's what I found out in there. I'm furious. Well, let me tell you something. While the conservatives that the base supports and believes in, let me let me remind everyone, they're not perfect either. Scott Perry, before his general election, refused to vote uh, against the bill that was all about the gay marriage bill. He didn't. But he he refused to vote against it. He voted for it. Then when it came back around after his election, he was able to vote against it. Conservatives would not like that. 
Let me remind every, everyone this. Matt Gates, who has compared Kevin McCarthy to Paul Ryan, my friend Matt Gates, he supported Paul Ryan almost more than anyone. It's still on his She's social media. She's not wrong. Media. Matt Gates is a, a clown over this. I know, Matt. I like him. Was for Paul Ryan. We get along. I tell the, in fact, the next time I see him, I'll be like, hey, just FYI. So I'm not saying it behind your back. I'll tell you. He's being a clown over this. Case in point, he had gone out and said uh, previously, he said, oh, yeah, Kevin McCarthy is really signposting a lot of this stuff. He's really doing, you know, great things, you know, pushing back against Bi- uh, Biden's uh, policies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Nancy Pelosi's got to go. And then he comes back and says, oh, McCarthy and Pelosi are indistinguishable. He's like trying to I, I think Matt Gates is trying to run away from Trump affiliation. No, this is the second step for it. The first step is when he really didn't say anything else after all the other this other J6 stuff. And every, I'm just calling it out. I mean, please keep in mind, I may like some of these people who are in office. I am not their friend. So I'm just and I'm not a tamed snake. I'm just calling it as I see it. So I like staying in Texas away from all the drama. There's two D's happening right now. Dumb and drama. But a lot of this is kind of petty personal stuff at this point, I think, in my opinion. You guys know I, I don't have to sit here and, and pay a penance uh, for anything. I don't have to sit here and lay out my credentials. I've done more than a lot. And I've, I'm very snotty about this. I have kicked the ass of the establishment over and over again. And I've taken a lot of heat for it. What I'm telling you right now is that half of this is petty political stuff. Another part of this is people who are kind of, they don't really know the best way forward. They want something different, but they're unprepared. And then a bit of it is people who should actually, if you're going to, they should be the people to challenge McCarthy, but they don't want to do it. Chip Roy does not want to do it. Jim Jordan does not want to do it. They're voting for Jim Jordan. Who voted for McCarthy? I know everyone jokes about dry January, but this is why you don't do dry dry January because of this stuff. All right, today in stupidity, I think we're at that time. Are oh, we already there? Oh my gosh! All right, well, you know, uh, Katie Hobbs uh, was getting sworn in as governor of Arizona, and uh, boy, did she take it seriously. Listen to this. Solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. Solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution. Stop it! <laughs> Jeez. Uh, that's who Arizona wants as their governor? Is that where we're supposed to believe? Yeah. Okay. I get, yeah, apparently. All Good right. heavens. Hopefully she gets more serious, um, you know, after she's clearly sworn in right there. So hopefully she'll take things more seriously here in the future. Uh, yeah. Really? You think? Yeah. Uh, tonight I'll be back on Fox as well. I will be on uh, Jesse Waters' program, 6 p.m. Central Hour. So make sure you tune in. Sign up for the email newsletter, chapter and verse. Find us on Facebook and YouTube. Like and subscribe. And folks, I will be back behind the mic with you tomorrow.